I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, the layperson's guide to enjoying music's benefits. Coming up next week, here in the United States, we celebrate Veterans Day on November 11. It's a day to honor all who have served in our armed forces. Helping us celebrate and joining us today from Maryland is Yari Villanueva, who spent 23 years with the U.S. Air Force Band in Washington, D.C., He retired from the Air Force at the rank of Master Sergeant and is considered the country's foremost expert on military bugle calls, particularly the call of taps, which is sounded at military funerals. In 2007, he was inducted into the Bugler's Hall of Fame and was the first active duty military bugler to receive this honor. Welcome to the show, Yari. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. In honor of our veterans, we're taking a look today at the role music plays in our military. And I'm guessing in some ways the role of music in the military has changed quite a bit in the last 200 years. And in other ways, there's a lot of tradition and continuity. How has the role of music changed in the last 200 years? I'm guessing it has a lot to do with music being used in active combat. Absolutely. Well, as long as there's been armies on this earth, there has been music. Music has been a very important part of the military, uh, starting off with the basic drum beats to help keep troops keep in step, to the calls that uh, told uh, military personnel what to do. In the early days, you'd have uh, either ram's horns or these old brass trumpets that would signal uh, movements on the battlefield. Uh, 160 years ago, during the Civil War, the bugle, fife, and drum were indispensable Mm. to the military in that it told the duties during the day, told soldiers when to get up in the morning, told them when to uh, have breakfast, when to fall in for drill, uh, when to actually form up to go out to the battle. And then on the battlefield, uh, these calls were just indispensable as they uh, man- helped maneuver those troops around. Mm-hmm. Uh, music was also important too, in that they had they had uh, bands that performed music uh, for the troops, and of course, music is very very important in that it's it's like a little taste of home. It would bring the popular music right to the to the camps, mm-hmm. and over the two hundred years, of course, this is this has changed um, with uh, the styles of music, and of course, uh, in the um, creation and adaptation of electronic means you know we we now have music that uh at a push of a button yeah. <laughs> you know a soldier right. can hear his favorite music <laughs> yeah i'm guessing it, music in the military has been used throughout our country's history for cultural diplomacy but i imagine that's changed quite a bit because i read about the voice of america radio program that was used during world war ii and the cold war uh how has that kind of changed throughout our country's history well absolutely you know the, the music reflects our culture and and during like world war ii 
you know, it, it was used as, as a bit of a propaganda tool. Uh, the the Germans would love to play American music over the airways to try to get the soldiers to feel homesick. But that music also was was used to entertain our troops, that this sustained uh, their their morale. I mean, the greatest example of that would be Glenn Miller, who left a lucrative career in show business to come over and be part of the armed forces so that he could bring his music, that popular music, right to the front lines. And you had mentioned about diplomacy. Well, you know, there's nothing that really uh, helps promote what the United States is all about and the United States military is all about than, you know, the music of its military bands. We have a great story uh, one of the Air Force band commanders was playing a, a service for some a high diplomats. And the, the diplomats from the other country had marveled about how great the music was. And without missing a beat, you know, one of the commanders said, well, if you think that's great, you know, where do you see our aircraft? <laughs> <laughs> you know, music really helps promote what, you know, the military is all about, but it also helps promote what our country is all about, too, because the military sends music out throughout our country. Over there in the Mideast, we have music, military music, that goes out and performs for civilians. Mm. Uh, they actually have gone into some uh, very combat areas. Uh, and, and these musicians, um, by the way, who are, are trained before they go out there, they just don't send them out there. Sure. They, do, they do receive uh, some training, uh, but they go out and they perform and they travel in helicopters and trucks and they perform for uh, these small villages. And Is that a- considered kind of a goodwill type of an effort? Absolutely. Oh, and okay. and it, it helps, you know, bring that message across about uh, what we do as a country. And, and and for a lot of these people to hear live music uh, that they, you know, of, of a type they've never heard before yeah. is really something. And what kind of a genre is played in those situations? They play all types. There is our popular music, of course, that goes out there. They bring small brass groups like brass quintets. Oh. Okay. Uh, country music uh, is is out there. Jazz music is performed. All types. Okay. It's one one of the great things about our military bands today is that the caliber of musician is just so high, and you have musicians who are, are very well versed in every type of music from from country to rap to jazz to classical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 an amazing thing. Mm, yeah. Well, ceremonial purposes is another thing that music is used for regularly with the military. They're known for that. Uh, And you've played for several state visits and you've played for five inaugural parades. Is that Mm -hmm. right? That's right. And that's, you know, it's a very good thing. I, you know, I just talked about the music, how it, it, it goes out to our civilians, but the other side of military music, like you just said, is the ceremonial part, mm-hmm. the part where at state visits or military ceremonies, that music has a specific purpose uh, to honor a person, you know, like if when the president comes, the band will play ruffles and flourishes and hail to the chief. Mm-hmm. If a visiting diplomat comes to this country, 
the bands will play as musical honors, uh, ruffles and flourishes, and then the appropriate piece of music to honor that person. And this is while the guns are going off, of course, Mm -hmm. the cannon salutes. Mm -hmm. So that's very important. It's a very um, part of our protocol, military protocol. And that, of course, leads to, you know, honoring that person, but also honoring our veterans, too, which is what I do with the, the bugle call of taps, mm-hmm. which is it's just a, it's an honor piece of music. It is to honor that veteran, uh, that final musical honor. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't realize until I was preparing for this conversation that taps is not only played at funerals and ceremony, uh, wreath laying ceremonies, memorial services also played at military bases around the world every evening. Is that correct? That's correct. Taps is uh, unique in that it's the only bugle call that's played slowly throughout. And it's the only bugle call that has a dual purpose. Um, the, the purpose which it originally began, how it originally began was the call in the evening to go to sleep, to put the lights out. It was also the call that meant that the uh, sentries would be out on patrol. And, you know, back 160 years ago, soldiers and sailors, Marines, as they went to sleep in the evening and they heard the sounds of taps, they knew that the, the day was over, but that everything was safe and secure for the evening. Mm, and did that start being played and used in that way in Civil War times? Was it earlier? How early did that start? The Call of Taps actually begins during the Civil War in 1862. Uh, it, become, it, it starts because of a Union general who was very unhappy with the regulation call for lights out. And it was the call that was in the manuals of the time. All the bugle calls in the U.S. manual, infantry manual at the time, were calls derived from the French manuals. And he wasn't very pleased with it. He thought it was too formal sounding. So he got his young bugler, a 23-year-old by the name of Oliver Wilcox Norton, they worked together to rework an old bugle call that had gone out of use prior to the Civil War. And what he did was to rework that call into the 24 notes we know today as taps. Okay. First performed in July of 1862 down um, at Harrison's Landing, which is along the James River. It's, it catches on quickly, and it's played every single night. Uh, by the end of the Civil War, it's not only used as that call in the evening, but also starting to be used at military funerals as the final call. So it has this dual purpose. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, uh, the United States military takes a long time before it finally recognizes the call mm-hmm. as the final call. It, it recognizes the music in 1874, some 12 years after it's first played, but the title of Taps doesn't actually appear to 1891, even though everyone prior to that refers to it as Taps. How did it get its name? Well, that's an interesting story. A lot of people think it stands as an, an acronym for something, or it is short for tap toe or tattoo. In actuality, the call of taps comes from a drum beat. At the same time during the Civil War, the drum signal for Lights Out was striking 
the drum three times sharply. And so you get this tap, tap, tap. And the soldiers always would call that the drum taps. And it was then shortened to taps. So when the bugle call replaces this drum beat as the final call, soldiers just naturally refer to the new bugle call as taps. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Now, is there significance to whether or not taps is played by solo bugle or multiple bugles together? Yes. Well, the call itself originated as a solo call and it really should be performed that way. Over the years, uh, there has become a, a way of performing it where one player echoes another player. And this probably started, you know, during the Civil War in the camps where you would hear the headquarters bugler start the call and then it would be echoed down by the company buglers. Mm-hmm. So for a, a brief period of time, you'd hear this echo going on. And then, of course, Hollywood picked that up, and you you see it used in some in some movies and stuff. And uh, it's 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 used that way at Memorial Day services and Veterans uh, Day ceremonies. Also, uh, there's a couple schools around the country, notably Texas A and M, that perform it that way as part of their tradition. Mm. Okay. But, but in reality, it should be played by a solo uh, bugler because it's very tough to get buglers these days for funerals and getting to is even tougher. Okay, sure. Well, and actually playing tabs at a funeral can be pretty challenging, partly because often you're outside and the weather can be <laughs> less than <laughs> ideal, I imagine. That's correct. Uh, sounding taps at a military funeral certainly has its challenges. Um, it's it's a very easy call to play for a musician, but you know, being played under the conditions of weather, whether uh, if it's very cold or very hot or it's raining uh-huh. <laughs> like crazy, and I've played it or snowing, yes, um, is is always a challenge. And then uh, of course, there's always the challenge of pressure that's put upon the player mm-hmm. if it's a high profile ceremony a, a lot of players um, sometimes can't make it through without uh, cracking up or or succumbing to their own emotions while mm-hmm. playing it's it's very difficult uh, mm-hmm. to perform everyone thinks oh i can just pick up a bugle and play well yes that's true but in certain conditions it is tough and mm-hmm. I always, you know, coach and mentor buglers uh, about nerves and stuff. And I, sure. and I always say that you have to imagine yourself like as a as a, a baseball player, a pitcher on the mound, you know, at that bottom of the ninth inning, and you've got to put all the sounds of the crowd out of your head, and you just have to focus in on the the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a lot of people, you know, it's, it's difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the person playing the bugle for, in that situation really is in the spotlight because there's nothing else going on at the time. Everybody is focused on that music. Absolutely. You know, the service is over. The honor guard has fired the three volleys and the attention now turns to the bugle. Everything becomes silent. And all the attention goes right to the bugler. Mm-hmm. And I, I always like to say, you know, at that moment, 
for 60 seconds, a bugler has the most important job in the military. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Now, I understand there's a story about the bugler who played taps at JFK's funeral. Correct. That would, uh, Sergeant Keith Clark, um, who with the United States Army Band, was the bugler who was called upon to sound taps at John F. Kennedy's funeral. He was uh, called at the last minute, actually. Um, he, he, he thought he was going to play uh, the service on, when he heard the news on the Friday of the, of the assassination, the day of the assassination. So much he thought so that he went to the barber and got a haircut. <laughs> and, but he didn't get the official notification until early Monday morning, very, very early Monday morning. Uh, so he went down at, he was in the cemetery for a long period of time. They weren't wearing overcoats. It was a very chilly day. Uh, he stood there for almost three hours waiting for the funeral to come because they wanted to make sure he was in place. And then when the, the time came, they had placed him right in front of the firing party. Buglers are usually set off to the side or behind a firing party. And they put him in front because of the camera view. They wanted mm-hmm. they wanted the, the good shot of the, of the bugler. So when the firing party fired their three volleys, it his ears started ringing like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and he started playing, and it was very good. But on the sixth note, he missed the note. To most people, you know, it's just a little hiccup. Mm-hmm. But it was a note that was heard by millions of people around the world. Um, and it was like something that was going to be remembered for the rest of his life. And he was he was really very good about it afterwards, being, you know, always asked about that note. <laughs> he went on to a, a very successful teaching career, conducting career after he left the Army. He was a, a scholar, a collector of hymn books. And he left us in early early two thousands, way too early. And he's buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Um, I I got a chance to interview him a few times about the broken note, and he was very kind and very gracious. And one of his interviews, he said, "You know, anyone can sing in the shower." You know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, and I heard that a lot of people thought that that broken note was intentional. And it was sort of his way of expressing his grief and putting some emotion into the playing. And it was almost like the crack in the Liberty Bells. Right. You the, know, the flaw sort of makes it even more beautiful. That's right. Well, it was not intentional. I can assure you of that. <laughs> uh, because Mr. Clark, Keith Clark, was such a phenomenal trumpet player and performer you know, making a wrong note on purpose would not have been, you know, in mm-hmm. his being. Sure. But but you're absolutely right. It, it's it's now part of our American lore. It's like mm-hmm. that crack in the Liberty Bell. It's mm-hmm. it's always going to be there. We're always going to know about it. And it's, I think, you know, even though it was a missed note, what a what a wonderful you know story. Uh, because nobody would have known about this bugler and mm-hmm. and. I I tell you, he received letters for weeks afterwards Uh, uh, from all over the world. And many letters were just addressed to Bugler, Washington, D.C. And they made it to him. And people were writing about 
you, you were terrific. Don't worry about that note. It was Aww. wonderful. And everyone was so gracious about it. Uh, well, that's, I guess they say no publicity is bad publicity, right? <laughs> that's right. We would never, we would never know his name. It's like, we would never know who Bill Buckner was if he had not let that ball go through his uh, leg during the World <laughs> Series. <laughs> uh, now, the process for auditioning for these military bands is pretty intense. Is that right? That's correct. Every time, uh, every time they have an opening for one of the military bands, they advertise it. Now with social media, it's uh, it's very easy to get those notices out. Uh, they have hundreds of people who apply spots now Mm -hmm. Uh, it is as tough as uh, getting into a major symphony orchestra Mm -hmm. so people will send in their uh, initial tapes and um, uh, resumes and stuff and then from that the the audition committee will will figure out how many people they want to listen to and then they hold two or three days of very intense auditions okay so so performers know which band they're auditioning for or not Correct. Yes. They like, do. Okay. Yeah, like if the U.S. Marine Band has an audition, uh-huh. they know they're going to be going to that position. In okay. That. Yes. And once they're accepted, they actually go through basic training, right? Correct. All the all the band members uh, go through basic, with the exception of uh, the United States Marine Band and the United States Coast Guard Band. Those members go directly into the uh, into the bands because of the special contracts they have set up with with the Marine Corps, for example. It's with the that's a special job with the Marine Corps, so they go directly into that. However, they receive their training from their drum major, who was a Marine who was comes from the fleet. So each member of the Marine band does get you know training on making sure that they have the correct military bearing marching correctly the proper height and weight and all that stuff and Mm. how they wear the uniform so a lot of people think oh they just you know they just go in and play their instrument well no they they really have to meet the standards Mm. um and same thing with the coast guard band too but Mm. the other bands and me for example too you know being in the air force once I had, was uh, accepted for the Air Force Band, I then um, joined the Air Force and went to spend six weeks of basic training down in San Antonio, mm-hmm. after which, uh, when I graduated from basic training, then I was immediately assigned to the Air Force Band. Mm-hmm. Okay. I ask all of our guests on the show if they can give us what I call an improv. It's uh, an experiment, a try this at home, a hack for listeners that will enhance their lives with music. Do you have any experiments or tips for us today? Well, if if you're a bugler, you know, I would say, you know, practice, you know, practice the call. You know, if you're a trumpet player, practice the call as much as you can to make it as perfect sounding as possible. And you can visit my website, Taps Bugler, for tips on, you know, proper playing of it. But if you don't play an instrument, you know, you can always sing taps. Singing taps is uh, a tradition that started in almost as as early as the bugle call <laughs> uh, started being sounded. Men would start singing words to bugle calls and taps was no different. You know, they mm. First, would you know, saying you know, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, okay. but words were actually put to the notes of taps. The most popular one, of course, is "Day is done, gone the sun, 
from the lake, from the hills, from the sky. All is well, safely rest. God is nigh. Uh, and you, so you can sing that. Yeah, I did not know there were words to that. That's uh, that's really special. Yeah, and, and actually, there's there's lots of sets of words. The, the day is done is probably the most popular one. We don't know exactly who wrote the call, or excuse me, who wrote the lyrics. Okay. Although there have been uh, some people who made the claim, but I've n- not been able to prove it because uh, I do I do a lot of research on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have found that day is done is the most popular of of the uh, lyrics set to the tune. Mm-hmm. So if if you're out there listening. You know, sing sing along to taps. It's it's a great way to end the evening. Mm-hmm. I'll post those words, the lyrics, on the show notes. Well, I'll great. also put a link to your website. You just mentioned that it's tapsbugler.com. Correct. There's a lot of great information on on there about your work and and the work of um, military music bugles in particular. You're also on Facebook at Taps Bugler. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. If you go to Facebook and put in Taps Bugler, you'll find me. Okay. <laughs> and I'm okay. always available to answer questions and stuff and uh, protocol questions or questions about the history of the call. One of the things I should mention is that it's very important with the downsizing of the military over the over the past 25 years or so, uh, buglers are getting very tough to find, military mm-hmm. buglers especially. So there are um, organizations out there that help provide find, finding live performers, mm-hmm. whether they be former military or civilians who, who are willing to step up. Uh, I work with an organization called Taps for Veterans, and we can be found at tapsforveterans.org. Um, and you can go there, and if you're in need of a bugler, you can put in a request uh, for a bugler. Or if you're a bugler and would like to help us out, you can go to the website and sign up. Um, always looking for people to help out because. Um, so many times I get calls from various different parts of the country and I wish I could fly out and do it myself. Mm, sure. Is the family responsible for finding a bugler to play at their fam- their loved one's funeral? Well, in reality, it's the funeral home that's responsible for providing military funeral honors. Okay. So they will then call the military, the closest military authority. The problem is, is that most of them now don't have access to live buglers. So they wind up using a recording, oh, which is a real shame. And, sure. and, and now, nowadays, that recording is in form of a small device that goes into the bell of a fake bugle. So it looks like a person's actually playing, but he's actually just fake to a recording doing okay. a you know, Milli Vanilli type of thing, uh, yeah. unfortunately. Now, have our military bands been downsized? Is that why we are having this shortage of buglers? That's one That's one of the things, you know, one of the reasons. Uh, the, the fact that, yes, the bands have been downsized over the past 25 years. And, of course, the, the, respons- but the responsibilities that these bands have hasn't decreased yeah. uh, they've actually increased so the, the, the like the, the bands in Washington are just so busy 
with all the ceremonies in and around Washington, mm-hmm. the, the ceremonies at Arlington National Cemetery. So it's very tough for them to send buglers out to perform this much needed service. That's why, you know, organizations like Taps for Veterans is wonderful because they can step up and provide that live player to work with the military at funerals. Mm-hmm. Is part of it the shortage to the fact that not a lot of people go into bugle playing? I mean, you don't hear about it as much in, say, symphony orchestras. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> it seems right. pretty specific to military. It, it, and the it, Kentucky it, Derby. <laughs> right. That's right. It, it sort of is. But, you know, trumpet play, you don't, you don't have to use a, a bugle, although it's, I, I like to use it because that's the traditional instrument. Mm. But trumpet players can use their valve oh, in, okay. instruments to, 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 to sound taps at, at military funerals. And a lot of them do. Uh, one of the, the challenges with this is, of course, is that most funerals take place during the day. And so a lot of people have tough times getting off of work. Everyone thinks, well, it only takes two minutes to play taps. Well, yes, but you you, you have to be there at least an hour and a half yeah, early. Any musician knows how right. that goes. You have to get there. You have to find it. You have to travel yeah. time and, and all that. Yeah. So it, it becomes difficult, but there's a lot of retirees out there who've been wonderful in helping out doing this. There are there are folks out there. The other program I'm involved with is a program that we do in Gettysburg the, uh, during the summer. It's called 100 Nights of Taps, mm-hmm. where we have a live bugler that sounds taps every evening between Memorial Day and Labor Day at the Soldiers Monument in uh, Gettysburg National Cemetery. Oh. And it it draws crowds every single night at 7 o'clock. People come in to the cemetery to hear the sounding of taps uh, oh, to end the day. And that has been a great program. The National Park Service has been a great sponsor. The Lincoln Fellowship of Pennsylvania uh, is one of the sponsors. They've been wonderful. And, of course, Taps for Veterans has been supplying the buglers. Okay. Is there a website for the 100 Nights of Taps? Um, you can actually, yeah, there's actually a Facebook page, uh, 100 Nights of Taps. The 100 Nights of Taps also is under the Taps Bugler website. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are looking at getting uh, a devoted web page just for 100 Nights because the program has become so popular now it's it started off as a small thing next year will be our fourth year and this year what one of the things that was really wonderful we had a different bugler every single night from all over the country people from traveled from all over the country to come and sound taps it was so wonderful so there is this interest uh, among performers out there buglers who would you know want to do this thing at gettysburg and also want to help out by performing uh, at military funerals mm-hmm. well I'll definitely include links to to those organizations tapsforveterans.org and i'll, I'll post a link to that 100 nights of taps right if if listeners play the trumpet not the bugle but the trumpet can they help out with taps for veterans absolutely absolutely okay. uh it's just trumpet or bugle okay. not not saxophone thank you or trombone <laughs> or tuba okay <laughs> although we appreciate the offer uh it really should be played on the trumpet or the bugle okay oh, uh, oh go ahead Oh, I was, I was just going to say, you know, like, this is so great that we have all these wonderful volunteers. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, they, a special sh- shout out and thank you to all those volunteers. Yes. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes also to Kennedy Center Arts Edge website. That has a lot of fantastic information on music in the military. And, and you're featured on there, too. A lot of your information is featured on there. You know, I'm finding out every single day I find out a, a, a new place where they've used my information. Oh, and great. It's wonderful. I love it. Yes, I bet. <laughs> Well, in closing, I always ask guests to provide a musical end that we call a coda. And what more appropriate song to play but Taps, right? Correct. <laughs> for this episode. And you've arranged a beautiful arrangement of Taps for seven bugles? That's Yeah, seven trumpets. Seven trumpets. Yes, mm-hmm. because oh, okay. uh, it uses harmonization that needs the valves on okay. its own. But yes. Okay. So as we close out this special episode with this beautiful arrangement of TAPS, I just want to say a special thank you to all of our military veterans, anyone who is currently serving in our armed forces for your sacrifices for all you have done and do to keep our country safe and free. Thank you to your families for all of your sacrifices as well. The Call of Taps really is a way of thanking the military for service and for a job well done. Thank you. listeners for joining us today. It's time for our listener improv segment where we mention a way that one of you has enhanced life with music. Today's improv comes from Will, who left a comment on the website. Hi, Mindy. We use music in our house as a form of calming and connecting with our children. Just last night, one of our, quote, strong-willed and highly energetic children were struggling with obedience and cooperating. I turned on Toby Mac, our favorite artist, and told her to meet me on the couch. Before I suggested she meet me over music, she was adamant she was going to see her mom. After the suggestion, she joined me on the couch, we turned on the music, she calmed down and relaxed, and we had a great conversation. We also have regular jam sessions on the way to school and at home where we sing and dance together. She does not appear to be musically gifted, but it's a place where we connect, and I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that well. We are big fans of Toby Mac here also in our household. And thanks for pointing out, too, that the benefits of music are not only for the musically gifted. A quote that I love is by Henry Van Dyke, and it says, Use what talent you possess. The woods would be very silent if no birds sang except those that sang best. Please let me know, like Will, a practical way music enhances your life. Leave a comment on my website, mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. Comment on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or send me an email, mindy at mpetersonmusic.com. 
If you enjoyed the show and have not yet subscribed, please do yourself and the show a favor by hitting the subscribe button on whatever podcast app you use. This automatically delivers each new episode to your device so it is ready to go whenever and wherever you're ready to listen, whether that is on your commute, shuttling kids around, folding laundry, working out. When you subscribe, this also helps the show and helps others find the show since new subscribers are very important in the Apple Podcast algorithm. Another important factor in the algorithm that helps others discover the show is ratings. Please help the show and advocate for music by rating this podcast in your app. To do this, you do need to do a search for the podcast, even if you're already subscribed. Thank you if you are. Click on this podcast when you see it in the search and then scroll down until you get to ratings and reviews. This is where you tap five stars, hopefully, to rate and you can also write a review for an even bigger music advocacy boost. Thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sending me your comments. This is a passion project for me and I love to hear from listeners. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.